now we're playing. Oh, okay. Put on the we are broadcasting at this point. Hello, folks. Uh, welcome to Analysts with Stay in a Blog. Um, we don't have anybody watching right now, but we'll pretend that, that we do. Um, glad to have right. folks here with us today. I'm Jeff McIntyre Strasberg from Sustainable Blog, of course, and then we're going to focus on crowdfunding projects today. I want to put this topic out. Uh, wow, we, we just got more response than we've gotten on anything else. And, and I know those of us who blog love the crowdfunding space. Um, whether you go to Kickstarter or Indiegogo or, or one of the smaller sites that, that uh, does this, lots of really creative stuff going on in this space. So if you, if you want to find um, the cutting edge of what's going on, not just in the green space, but, but in just about anything that, that people might be doing and trying to raise money for. Hello, Tania, how are you? Hey, how are you? I'm great. Yeah. Um, crowdfunding is it. So yeah, we've got actually, in addition to some of our normal folks that join us from important media, we've actually got some folks who are running projects here. Um, Jen Boynton and Nick Astor, wave you guys. Hi guys. <laughs> They're from triplepundit.com and they have got a project that's been going for, what, 20 days now? So yeah. Um we're in about, uh, I think, 22 days. We've got eight days left to go in the 30-day campaign. And uh, Excellent. Yeah, and I'm going to have you guys talk about that in, in just a minute. Um, Tania Pina? Pina? Pina. Pina, okay. Uh, she also has a, a crowdfunding project going, um, which we're going to talk more about in, in just a minute. But, but before we get into either of those projects, um, Scott Cooney, who are our man who is always here joining us, of course, and, and uh, watching things for me. But uh, in addition to being a, a good soldier on the Hangout, Scott is also uh, successful in, in the crowdfunding field. He's had at least one project that, that you funded, um, or, or was it more than one? No, just one. Um, okay. Yeah, I did a, a crowd. I did a Kickstarter campaign for. Um, um, my board game, GBO Hawaii, which right. um, uh, we raised $15,000, so uh, that was uh, about a year ago now, okay. and uh, basically just did pre-sales of the board game, and then we also did a couple other bells and whistles sort of uh, sponsorship opportunities and um, other kind of giveaways and that sort of thing. So it was a great experience, and um, I connected with a lot of great people through it, so that was even more so important than the money was the people I was able to connect with through it. Nice. Um, and, and in terms of succeeding and, and you know just as, as briefly as possible well, what do you think was key? Um, I think you know what was really key was having a good plan going into it of who you needed to connect with uh, the, the folks that um, the, the critical uh, sort of folks that were going to be your first adopters the ones that would pitch in a, a couple of bucks here and there and then also to uh, to connect with folks who were um, able to spread the word a little bit and so that was also pretty critical for me as well. <laughs> Great, and I just, you know, I was glad you were here, Scott, because you had that, that background and, and could speak to those things. But, but, of course, what we really want to focus on today is giving the folks who've got a project going a chance to discuss what they're doing. And, and I'd love to get your feedback on this. Robert Pollard, who was here with us last week, too, um, feel free to jump in with, with your thoughts after people yes. give their right. ideas. Right, with this process that's kind of been evolving, I think we're ready to go with neighborly. 
neighbor.ly, which is oh, a okay. Civic oh, so you're you're project. working on a project. And, 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 yeah, it's been very informal, but but I think we're working on the same lines. We talked with Jace Wilson, who was recently did a TEDx that I haven't yet seen. And okay. Catch up. Well, with. I'll go ahead but, and uh, I will let you um, describe that more fully here in in just a minute. I'm gonna, I'm going to start with Tania. Right. Um, and and uh, Tania, go ahead. Just just jump in. Tell us tell us what you're raising money for. Sure. So um, I'm the founder of Renewable, and what Renewable does is basically we're trying to create a community digester that repurposes food waste into renewable energy and organic-based fertilizers. Um, the digesters are very expensive, and the $25,000 goal is based, basically going to be allocated just towards permits. Um, and you know, the digester is not even like a quarter of that that prop that I would say goal. But the main point is exactly going back towards what Scott was saying is just really identifying our community base, which is core to our type of business model. Um, so localizing the technology, developing or trying to figure out who our first customers would be since we're providing a service rather than a tangible product. Um, and also figuring out what, all, what kind of partnerships uh, could we solicit out of this type of crowdfunding campaign. Um, and that has definitely taken place. I, I mean, the amount of um, traction or like as far as feedback from people in our direct community has been amazing. However, and Jeff, I don't know if you want me to go on to like what I think our, um, our setbacks have been so far or did you just want me to touch point on what Renewable is? Um, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So we had our, our video and regrettably we just didn't have the budget to create an entirely new video and so this video which is um, motion graphics video it, it does lack the identifying the core people behind Renewable um, and the reason why we use this video is because we had it already made from a previous project and we thought it would be just as high potential or could be really leveraged for crowdfunding as well so we, it, there was multiple purposes behind it. Um, and it's a great video. I mean, thank you. And you know, a lot of people have said that too. But I, I'm wondering now if the main reason, as I don't know if a lot of people have realized, but we kind of hit this stubborn point at $964 right now, where you know, and and um, the media coverage has been there. We've had the Huffington Post, in Habitat, a lot of great content. And my, our team has been great at, at um, you know, inbound marketing and attracting the, the type of website traction behind Renewable and the campaign. However, to make a long story short, I'm wondering if, if it's the video that's causing it not to really have also the monetary flow. Um, you know, our team, to be quite honest with you, some of us are working remotely. Um, so also we don't have the, the pictures of us too much together until... Okay you know we have the funding to be able to pull a project together if you will so that would be my first instinct as to what is really preventing this campaign to have gotten a lot farther than it has been that's interesting I'm gonna I'm gonna move over to, to Jen and Nick just because I get the sense that maybe you guys might have experienced some of the same things as far as hitting some walls maybe sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah go ahead go ahead and, and uh, yeah, discuss your, tell everybody what you're doing. Yeah, guys, good to, good to see you all. So um, this is Nick. So yeah, normally what we do with most of the in-depth series that we write is that we'll seek a sponsor, typically right. a company. Sometimes it's a nonprofit or, a, or sometimes a school. Um, 
in this case, we decided it was time to dig in real deep on this concept of the sharing economy, um, which is a very popular topic. We're really excited about it. We think it's got a lot of revolutionary potential. Um, and uh, this time we decided we would crowdfund the funding for the, for the article series, uh, which we've never done before. We thought it was in good spirit with the concept of the sharing economy. So we're off and running. Uh, we're a little more than halfway there. We've got about a week left, um, which uh, means we're coming down to the wire. And uh, we're looking to raise $25,000. Uh, this makes it about twice as big as our usual series, um, which uh, we thought was appropriate given the popularity of the subject. Um, and we're using Indiegogo. Uh, the name of the campaign is "The Rise of the Sharing Economy." Um, yeah, yeah, guys, you know, I'm going to put I'm going to put links up to these also when yeah. they're finished and it have this up. So, but but no, that's great. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, for us it was really an experiment. We usually, as Nick was saying, go after a single sponsor, and we really wanted to see to kind of offer proof of concept with this whole idea of the sharing economy in addition to running the campaign. So we were, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the amount of money that we've raised at this point. Indiegogo offers a flexible funding option, but of course if we can reach our goal, that's going to be all the better. Yeah. Um, and the most exciting thing about it has been that all of the people that have joined in together to participate and who, you know, you really get a sense of who uh, in the community is passionate about what you're doing and, and the fact that, especially in the case of, a, of an editorial concept like this, all of the attention that we're building right now is going gonna, is gonna to drive uh, energy and drive excitement for the series that we're putting on in January. So we're able to build all this buzz right now for something that's coming in a couple months. And we did an interesting experiment with it. We sort of have kind of two levels of support. Um, one is aimed at anybody, uh, which are the low-level um, contributions and what we did was we matched up with sharing economy companies to offer perks that were of equal or greater value to what folks donated. So in other words, if you donate 20 bucks, you get $20 credit in a bike sharing uh, group called Liquid. Um, and then there are similar uh, levels um, with other types of perks, which we thought was pretty appealing to people, gave them a lot of value for that. And then we did some higher level stuff, which is aimed more at companies. Um, uh, sharing economy companies specifically, but we found out that there were other people that you know had a uh, uh, a vested interest in getting involved in this and seeing it to fruition. Uh, we just got uh, Sachi S just came on board. Um, we have a, uh, a consulting firm and a few other folks that we're working on. So so it's a cool kind of hybrid um, between uh, our traditional funding model and sort of getting it out and. What I hope is that the big payoff for this is that, having done all this work, uh, we've we built a lot of buzz. So hopefully we're going to have an even bigger readership than we usually get, um, just because we've ramped, you know, we've we've gotten all this excitement in advance. I've got a, a question for both uh, both you guys who are running campaigns right now. One of the one of the things that I that I felt like when I was doing mine was uh, cutting through the noise. There's there's a lot of uh, um, campaigns going on at, a, at any given time. And so on Facebook at any given time, if you uh, have friends in the green economy or friends in the startup space or whatever, you're, you're getting pitched at least once a week with a new project, you know, and they're all cool. Like, that's the thing. So how do you guys feel like you can brand yourselves and, and market this idea to get a little bit beyond, um, you know, just 
introducing it to people and actually getting them engaged? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'll tell you one thing is I would highly recommend doing a lot of preparation before getting this thing launched. It's not as simple as just you know putting it together and, and, and pushing go. That'll cost you two weeks because it takes that amount of time to get the, you know, just to get anybody to start paying attention to it. Um, we were smart enough to wait until we had a high-level contributor lined up because we didn't want to launch it with zero dollars in there. Um, we're told that that you know tends to uh, turn people away, um, yeah. so we had a five thousand dollar contribution in there to launch uh, from Wheels, who's a car sharing platform, and I think that helped a lot. Second thing is, I we thought we could count on the partners to you know uh, help spread the word, and I think that they have to a certain extent, but it hasn't been spectacular. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely recommend trying to make that clear with folks and, and spending a lot of time because for every, you know, 10 folks that say they're on board, you know, more than half of them are going to drift away or change their mind or flake. Um, and so you really need to, to line up a lot of stuff in advance uh, to make this thing work. And so it's that pre-work that's equally important uh, to the actual um, work once you're doing it. And so just in terms of getting no noticed over the noise, um, having that initial momentum is probably one of the key things to doing that. Another, just one other addition for us, I think, was really working hard on the perks to make sure that they were exciting in and of themselves, separate from the campaign, and, and uh, appropriate value for the money that we were asking for. So. Uh, you know, you kind of hope that when people are sharing around the campaign and participating in it, they're not doing so because of charity. They're doing it because they're excited uh, to contribute to the campaign, but they're also excited about what they're going to get. And in that way, it, it can sell itself a little bit more. You see the projects that are crazy successful on uh, on these campaigns, like the Pebble Watch and that kind of thing. It's all because there's a neato project, a neato. Uh, product associated with it. And you know what else? Though a lot of those guys hire PR firms. I'm 100 percent convinced of it. <laughs> Point being that but, you know people are getting in for the goodwill, but they also are excited about the perks and really focusing on making sure you have something good to offer rather than expecting charity. Yeah, yeah I, I know, Jim. You and I talked about a project a couple of weeks ago, which is just escaping me. But I have written about oh, the soda bib. Was that that was it. That was it. Soda bib. Uh, the a roofing project that uh, created a sort of a frame that uh, plastic soda bottles could be plugged into for shingles, and, and yeah. uh, it's a great concept. But yeah, what they were offering for perks were little was, yeah. fifty dollars for a set of plastic cans made out yeah, of exactly. bottles. And exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, probably not something that was going to really get people that worked up. Um, to me, what what are you finding as as far as um, what, what Jen and Nick have, have said. Sure. I mean, I don't know how much weight because the, you know, the money actually backing it up um, isn't that effective. What I can see is that what I, we've been putting a, a tremendous amount of intensive um, effort behind local media and more in-person meetings. And so what I found is by having, attending some meetings with it, whether it's like meetups or um, more entrepreneurial startup-like ecosystems that are at least raised. This is a uh, giving them one more reason to validate renewable, but also um, help you gain momentum uh, through the crowdfunding campaign. Um, that's been helpful to us. 
Um, I wish you could say that it's, you know, it was more than $964, but as far as helping us with leads, at least in that sense, it's been tremendously helpful. Well, we're going to try and get the word out here. Maybe we can get that up a bit. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Robert, um, you, want, you want to talk a little bit about what, what you're thinking about in terms of... Yeah, sure, I'd be happy to. Go ahead. Uh, I've been working with Tom Lohenhout, who's been promoting the .NYC top-level domain for more than 10 years, and the city applied for it, and without any public participation, but have said they're going to set up a community advisory program. Tom's concern was creating neighborhood domains and reserving the names of all the neighborhoods so that Corona.NYC was not owned by a brewery for example. Um, and, um, and I've kind of got involved through having been involved in public participation processes going back to uh, the late 60s. Um, at, at, at a, but most of the time, certainly since 1980, focusing on information technology and PCs and leading up to the facilitating the online participation in the Rio conference in 92 and the subsequent follow-up. So, uh, the, essentially what we're doing, and it's sort of crystallizing now, is looking at, you know, just the scope of what's involved in, in creating the ability to build all those community domains, let alone, you know, how you structure those in a way that's both easy to use and inclusive and participatory and doesn't require inordinate amount of moderation in terms of participation. And uh, we connected up with uh, Jace Wilson of uh, Neighbor.ly, which is a civic crowdfunding program. And he's very excited about the idea. And one of the things that came out, Tom had introduced a resolution to Community Board 3 in Queens that was adopted back in 2001, I think, that was proposing the .NYC top level domain, and they just he got the drafted with me approved one a week or so ago. I can include the link to that. Uh, that includes proposing that that in developing a community advisory board process here, that we also um, we also look at collaborating with uh, forty or so I forget the number of other cities that applied for top-level domains, and we look at how can this be something, how can, I mean, the way I see it is really, how can this be a catalyst for a sort of state-of-the-art digital city? And uh, the city has this digital roadmap thing that they're working on, but they haven't connected. They also, they've got the plan NYC for the green process, but they haven't integrated. Uh, and part of the thing is then to look at it, not just uh, the the, the digital city is both a smarter, greener city and more inclusive. So the framework of what we're asking for, and partly why I also want to sort of gather and promote the development of open source platforms that are easy to use for uh, a neighborhood and community, okay. civic organization of different types, and some support framework for learning. Okay. So, but but the, the fundraising itself is done on a smaller scale, or it would be done on we're doing it. The idea would be to doing it on neighborly, okay, uh, and allow people not only to donate but to agree to participate, to actively participate. In okay. other words, in their neighborhood or around their experience with WordPress or 
Facebook. So, so that's yeah. almost kind of like what uh, Tanil was talking about, I, I guess, as far as, I know, Tanil, you said you're kind of reaching out locally within in the community. Um, have, have you looked at any 